Blog Talk Radio. Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live on this 29th of a beautiful Sunday. Everybody, how are you? What's going on? Man, it's a good, beautiful morning out here in the San Joaquin Valley of Central California. I'm up and at it early in the a.m., minus my eggs and bacon, man, but it's okay. Got my coffee going, and I uh, got a good night's rest, and, you know, I'm feeling really good right now. Um, <laughs> my football team is going to beat the shit out of Seattle Times football team. I'm looking very forward to that. We spoke about that. Yesterday, I believe, uh, on the Relatively Black and Fat podcast hosted by my man, JP. Uh, you guys go check that out if you want your real ESPN Sports Center type fix, minus the bullshit. Um, fun time yesterday. But, yeah, man, just here relaxing in my confines over on the balcony, hoping those trains pass by within the near hour or so. Um Got the long sleeve on, the sweat slides, and uh, it's this is my favorite time of year, man. I love this weather. It's uh, cozy inside. Like I said, I got my my hot cocoa going. Um, this is the time of the year, man. This is what it is. I'm I'm, I'm feeling that over summertime. I ain't messing with it. But um, you know, had a good weekend, a good week in general. Got to. Catch my season finale of The Mandalorian on Friday, which is pretty dope. Um, checked out some fights yesterday. Uh, I want to say that were pretty dope, but nope. Um, you know, a little rundown that we're going to do, just to give the people an insight of what the show will be. We're going to be talking about Javante Davis stopping your Yorkis Gamboa in 12 rounds. Yes, I said 12. Uh, also, which I needed to uh, add on to the show description was that Gamboa had finished the fight going 12 rounds with a ruptured Achilles. Now, we're going to find out how real that is, but from all the reports that I've seen, certified by guys like Dan Rayfield and others, that it's real. So, um, yeah, big, big, big Big fucking bulls, as the guys over in Boston would say about Tom Brady. Big hats off for Yorkis Gamboa showing the warrior spirit. Um, we'll also be covering John Pascal edging Badu Jack in the split decision to retain his WBA World Light Heavyweight Championship, which was on the undercard. It was a better fight than I expected. The real fight of the night right there. Um, we'll do a little yearly award rundown. Fighter of the year and all that good stuff, knockout of the year, upset of the year, blah, blah, blah. 
um, Wilder Fury officially announced for February 22nd. That's kind of a big deal because it sold out in eight minutes. And um, pretty sure this one will be Seattle time uh, interrogating JP because the last subject in the show's description is, is JP secretly employed by Al Heyman? That remains to be seen. We'll find out. But a um, whole lot of stuff to get to today, man. Um, I don't want to take up too much time here. So um, all I got to say is what a year, man. <sighs> what a year, what a year. I decided now that every year is our year. That's a big Sean verse from the song, What a Year. <laughs> Wasn't me. But uh, anyway, I'm going uh, to get to slicing up some of these um <clears throat> some of these marshmallows and multitask as I conversate with my friend D. Willa Wilson from H Town. Willa, hey man, I'm ready to go. Or maybe I should say I'm ready to go. Because uh man, you know, ever since I've been walking with the Lord, it's been some some early nights and early mornings. And I'm a big fan of it. Good morning, almost afternoon. Almost afternoon to you, my friend. How are you doing? Oh man, good morning. Good morning, man. Um, I'm doing good out here. You know, got a rainy Sunday uh, morning out here in Houston, Texas, doing our thing. Um, you know, had some good. It was a good sports day in general yesterday. Um, got to. Got to watch the NCAA playoffs, the first round of the playoffs. You know, both of the black quarterbacks took a dive. You know, that was sad. But first game, <laughs> blowout. Second game, pretty good game. Quarterback, uh, receiver and quarterback not on the same page. Uh, quarterback for um, Ohio State throws the pick. Game over. Clemson pretty boy wins. You know, with a little help yep. from the ref, I think, in the in the first half. I think there was a lot of referee help it. A little help in the first half, but you know that that's neither here nor there. Pretty good games. Hmm. Got to, you know, went with uh, you know, got the mother-in-law out here from Sweden, so we took her to a basketball game. Got to see the Rockets, you know, put up, uh, beat up a weak New Jersey, uh, uh yeah, New, the Nets team. I don't know if they're they're the Brooklyn Nets now, not New Jersey. Watched the yeah, Brooklyn Nets. Got to see Harden put on a put on a performance. Came back just in time to watch the Badu Jack fight and the, uh, you know, and then the Gamboa fight, man. So, I mean, and the, yeah, the Davis Gamboa fight. So it was good. Good weekend, man. Glad to hear that you're walking the straight and narrow. That's two, two weeks in a row of these early shows. You know, we love it. Get to get it out the way, get to get it done. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you're, you're doing this, man. Great way to end up 2020 end of the, I mean, go in, go into 2020 get to end the decade man it's been a good year of boxing um you know didn't start off too good in the then it, it picked up i believe then in the middle it got a little dry but then it ended pretty well man good way to end the year got to see davis mm-hmm. sort of stinking up in there almost got to see uh uh badu jack maybe get robbed maybe not a robbery maybe just a little petty theft but i'm glad we get to talk about it Yearly awards rundown. Wilder, uh, Wilder Fury announced. You said they sold out in eight minutes. 
I forgot about even looking yep. at the prices of the tickets. I'm sure they were probably crazy. So, you know, I was going to maybe try to get there, but the resale tickets are probably insane. So we'll see how that goes, man. But, yeah, yeah. glad to be on. Got to talk to you guys to get the end of the year off with some good boxing talk. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, you're right about that. It's been one hell of a year. Definitely had its highs and its lows, its ups and its downs and all that, but it's never anything that's unfamiliar territory when it comes to the sport of boxing. Nonetheless, good to be here, and uh, I just want to add on to the fact that I'm glad Ohio State lost. I never liked Ohio State, and that particular loss yesterday made me a very happy individual. So, um, moving along, let's take it to us. Southern California, where apparently God's vacation place, he's probably rocking a uh, a sweater at this point in time. It was a Christmas sweater last week, but Christmas is over. So, um, JP, what's going down with you, man? The southern confines of California. I mean, hey, how you doing, my man? Good morning to you. Morning to you, sir. Um, you know, it's hoodie season. Get to reach back to the far right of the closet, move all the move all the work shirts and you know the the shit to the to the left and dig to the far right of the corner of the closet where you got the hoodies and the big jackets, the shit you don't get to pull down, man. So I enjoy it. Um, you know, I used I grew up with my cousins and stuff, and I never could have like a bunch of clothes and shoes because them niggas will be right in it as soon as I get out of it. Now, as a grown man, and I don't have to live with these clowns no more, I have tons of clothes and shoes, man, so it's great. I'd be finding old shit I forgot about. Don't you love when you find an outfit you didn't even know you had? Um, so it's that season. Uh, right now, God has on a hoodie out here, but he's still laying back waiting for the sun to come out. Um, it's around about 60, 65 degrees. It's going to be a chilly day, but it's like this around New Year's every year. Um Asking in the glory of 2019, man. It's been a great year. Um, I know we're going to run down some of the fighter of the year, knockout of the year, prospect of the year. But one thing we probably won't talk about, and to me is the most untalked about development in boxing, especially when it comes to the fans, and it probably is supposed to be that way if you're a businessman, is the new business in boxing. Subscription-based business in boxing. We ain't going to talk about it seems to be fucking, I guess, too highbrow for people to really digest at this point. But there is a new business in boxing, and that emerged this year in 2019. So, uh, But I'm ready to get to it, man. But to me, that's the biggest development in boxing, these new hands we have in the pot. Definitely. Definitely. We'll be diving into all of that. <clears throat> and uh, we'll leave it for the experts to get to that, that particular point in su- subject. But as for now... We got to run down this shit that happened yesterday, man. Oh, so, Javante Tank Davis, you know, showed up to the fight yesterday in a Lambo doing his thing. You know, I, I like Javante Davis, man. He showed up doing his thing and pretty much was looked at as the winner before it was even declared fighting a 38-year-old, maybe, New Yorkers Gamboa. And, um, you know, uh, People were talking about we we weren't able to do a a preview show because of Christmas during the week, um, but you know I, I was watching the fight with a couple of my guys and I was like, look man, I, I 
I think six rounds at the most. I, I mean, Gamboa, is, he's uh, had a long career, man. He's had a very long career. And, um, you know, I think it was uh, during the Chavez Jr. Canelo fight when I was in Vegas. And in one of the small rooms, they had Gamboa fighting for like 10 bucks a ticket. I was like, cool. Check that out about 4 o'clock in the day. He was fighting to nobody. They end up losing. I was like, man, this is how far Gamboa fell back. Crazy. The guy who's had an illustrious start to his career, highly touted, fan-friendly, quick hands, showmanship. Gamboa had a, a bright career ahead of him. Promotional issues. Um, 50 Cent and his deal with SMS which fell out to the first beef with him and Floyd, and just a lot of a lot of with Gamboa. So people that didn't know Gamboa yesterday were like, man, he's going to knock him out smooth real quick. And I was like, you know, you just got to pump the brakes a little bit if you knew Gamboa. He's probably going to have a good start to the fight and fade as soon as he gets tagged. And it looked that way in the second round when he got dropped. And then it came to the point where he was at the stool and people thought he was going to quit. He said something was broken. And then it ended up being something involved with his shoes. Um, yeah, uh, we've seen the shoes explode uh, with the Chocolatito fight against, uh, I can't remember who it was, um, a Puerto Rican fellow, which was on the undercard of, of uh, Gennady Golovkin against Dwayne Wade, in which I was attended at, at the Fabulous Forum. Um, we've seen the shoes explode. They're like, well, is he going to get a new pair? No, they're going to tape it up and see what happens. I thought Gamboa might have been trying to go out on some Chavez Jr. type stuff. Didn't happen. He ended up going 12 rounds against the hard-hitting Javante Davis. And I was stunned that it went 12 rounds. I was even more stunned when it came out that Gamboa had a ruptured Achilles, which is insane. How the man continues for that long. <laughs> Aha Davis would say, this is beyond me. Because I have no answers for that. It's ridiculous. Nonetheless, Javante Davis ended up dropping him multiple times. And eventually got him out of there in the 12th round. After a pretty, pretty serious exchange by the two. We all know Gamboa's downfall is his lack of defense when it comes uh, when it comes to, you know, hey, going out on your shield. I have a soft spot for Gamboa because if it wasn't for Gamboa, I would have never been involved with OTG calling in, talking to Suge, meeting Willa, Syme, Patty, you know, all the guys, and end up having a similar or, or, or a certain friendship with everybody that I do today. So a Gamboa fight got me to essentially get in the podcasting game. So, uh, um, you know, I knew that Javante was going to win. I just wanted to see Gamboa test him a little bit. And, you know, he did tag, he did tag Tank Davis with a, with a couple. Had a nice three-piece in the later rounds, about uh, nine or ten, something like that. But a Warriors effort ended in a 12th-round stoppage. Javante Davis had a lot to say about certain guys. 
talking about Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford comes out and tweets, stay away from Rafael Lomachenko and Devin Haney. In previous tweets, he said, I got Jamarcy Davis by knockout. Gamboa has not been the same since he fought this guy from Omaha, but we know how that is. So some words were exchanged by the both of them leading up to afterwards, all that. But Javante Davis picks up the W. The crowd was loving it. And I don't know what's next for Javante Davis, but to me, wasn't the greatest showing. Um, at points, Davis looked gassed in there. But, you know, the guy didn't make weight, which is not not so much surprising to us all. But in any event, picking up the W by stoppage is going to boost your cachet regardless of the opposition. And Jermonte Tank Davis did that. But for me, Willa, I was not highly impressed. I thought that he should have got him out of there early, especially when you got a wounded dog with a ruptured Achilles. What was your takeaway from the fight that happened yesterday between Jermonte Davis and Yuri Jokic Gamboa? Man, well, to start it off, um, I knew it was going to be a little shaky for uh, Davis when he did make weight. Um, then he shoved Gamboa after not making weight. I, I couldn't understand that. Thought he was, you know, I think he had, he was trying to prove something. Um, but I knew something was going to be shaky going in, into the fight. Uh, but I still thought, you know, maybe he wouldn't get him out of there early. First, I thought he would get him out of there early. Gamboa hasn't really been the same, you know, even though he's coming off of what uh, a knockout win over Ramon Martinez. Um, but I thought, you know, he'd probably be out of there early before before the five or six rounds. He missed weight. I thought, okay, maybe he'll get him out there seven or nine. Um, so we go into the fight. He's looking, you know, he's looking all right in the first couple of rounds. Second round, he drops him. And like you said, then Gamboa, you know, he gets knocked down. He says he tore his Achilles. Now, I was looking. I haven't seen anybody say he definitely tore his Achilles. I'm just um, – I don't know if you've seen something that says that's a definite, but that's what he said. But I know that when you, you tear your Achilles, you're not hopping around like Gamboa was doing. Gamboa didn't, 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 didn't tear his fucking Achilles because he said it was his foot. Then he said it was the shoe. Maybe it's the shoe. You know, you know when your Achilles pops. Um, I mean, I haven't had my Achilles rupture, but I'm pretty sure you know when that happens, and you'll know exactly what that was. Um, he tried to get out the fight, but his good thing, his trainer wouldn't let him because I don't know, you know, I don't speak uh, Spanish that well. I really wasn't listening um, that hard either, but I, I could hear the, you know, the translator saying, he kept on saying, I can't go, I can't go. And the trainer was like, nah, you're going, bro. You're going, suck it up, shut the fuck up and you're going in there. And, you know, Gamboa, to to his credit, he just sucked it up and went in. Whatever was wrong with him, you know, he looked a little wobbly in there the whole time, but he was getting hit getting hit by big shots. Um, Davis was in there loading up, trying to get the knockout, not really putting on any too much pressure combinations after that, um, you know, very lackluster performance until the end, you know, um, at the – what is that? About the last 20 seconds of the 11th round, he started hitting Gamboa with shots, and then in the 11th, and then in the 12th round, he got him out of there. And it's always good to get somebody out of there 
especially when you've been talking a lot of noise, especially when you say you're the next big superstar boxing, especially when you're in, uh, you know, Atlanta, hotbed, uh, you know, chocolate, a new chocolate city, um, you know, where it's popping out there. You're supposed, this is supposed to be your second home. You brought all the, you know, you brought a lot of celebrities out to the fight. So he got him out of there at the end, um, showing that he can carry his power for 12 rounds, which is a, which is also a big thing. So I can't really shit on the performance all the way. <laughs> it was, you know, besides the two or three rounds, he didn't do a lot of work. I think they said, you know, he was throwing – at one point he was throwing 13, 15 punches around in the in those, uh, like, the ninth, tenth, in the ninth, eighth, ninth, and tenth round. He wasn't throwing too much. Even giving uh, Gamboa uh, maybe a, a couple of rounds, like in the seventh or eighth, maybe like that. But uh, overall – Davis, you know, he needs to be a little more disciplined. I don't know if not making weight, you know, he, he moved up to 135. Um, then he couldn't make weight even after moving up. So I don't know if that's the discipline. He said it wasn't um, just said that, you know, he, I mean, he didn't say anything. He just took, took the uh, blame, said it was, it was his fault, which is, which is good there. You know, I don't know what to say about the fight. It wasn't a great fight. Gamboa shot. He's out there just getting beat up by a guy who's barely, who's just punching one time, one punch at a time. When Gamboa was punching, he was on that pity pat. You know, he didn't seem like he had a lot of power behind the shot. I don't know what he was in there doing. You know, maybe it was the shoe. I doubt it was the Achilles. I need to see some confirmation. I need to see the I need to see the MRI before I, I say a man fought ten rounds with the torn Achilles. You know, Kobe had to get could barely walk mm-hmm. off the court after he popped after he popped his Achilles. And you're telling me Gamboa was bouncing around for ten rounds after that? I, I doubt that happened, but maybe it did. If it did, he's a true warrior, and I take back anything bad I said about him. But I just don't believe it. But as, yeah, that was reported as far by Dan, as get, Dan it was reported that it it was torn, or is reported that's what he said. Yeah, Dan Redfield looking, tweeted out saying Dan Redfield tweeted out just basically saying that he fought with a ruptured Achilles. So I don't know what he knows or who he found out from, but that's just what he's reporting. And we are, and I I, I seen that from our our uh, our podcast page because. On my Twitter handle, I'm blocked from Dan Rayfield, so that I had to go to our our Twitter handle just to see what he said about that. But he put it out there, so I'm just going for <laughs> Dan Rayfield. Okay, well maybe he did, man. If he did, then you know a little. I'll give all credit to him, all credit to him. But as far as you know, um, Davis, I would I would agree with him. I think he gave himself a C plus at, in the uh, the interview, uh, the post fight interview. I think he gave himself a C plus. And that's what I would give him. I'd give him a C, C plus. He got him out of there. He dropped him. He did what he had to do. So he didn't fail. Um, it's always, like you said, it's always good to get the knockout um, and get the crowd hyped and do what you got to do. But it wasn't that great of a performance. So, yeah, I would agree with Davis and give him a C plus. You know, does he – Crawford, like you said, Crawford tweeted he needs to stay away from Lomachenko and Haney. And at this time, I think he does until he can get himself, you know, in the discipline and be able to go hard for 12, uh, 12 straight rounds because those guys are doing that. So, you know, Ryan Garcia jumped out the window, said he's ready now. You know, everybody's ready. Davis didn't look too good. 
going up to 135. So we'll see. But he is the new uh, WBA champion. He does have a belt. So he'll be a force to be reckoned with at the uh, lightweight title. So uh, lightweight division. So, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. C-plus for Javante. Javante needs to step up his game next time. Yeah, completely agree. He's going to have trouble making weight at 135. He's just going to have to be more disciplined in his training and everything involved with that, man, because it's unrealistic for me to think that he's going to be fighting at 140. He's just very small. So he's going to have to figure out something better, get a better nutritionist, or I don't know what it is. But um, I'm around that same around that same grade scale. Um, so I, I feel what you're saying, man. Um, but we'll see who he moves forward to next. Uh, I'm sure that his promoter and his team know that, man, this wasn't really the best of looks. It was supposed to be a uh, a cherry-pick type of fight that was going to end in spectacular fashion, which it looked like it was in the second round, but it just didn't go that way. Uh, JP, your takeaway from yesterday's fight and all in all involved with Gamboa and Javante Davis. Oh, man, I always seem to be the guy not in with the crowd. Um, well, uh, uh, let me put some perspective into this thing. Uh, you guys kind of know my sentiment about Gamboa. I think Gamboa, you know, I kind of um, playfully say if fights were three rounds, Gamboa would be the greatest fighter of all time. <clears throat> so with that said, it's kind of cheek, cheek and tongue. But with that said, that means this guy, um, Yuriokas Gamboa, let, let's uh, rewind uh, 10 to 12 years. I don't know. Now, I, I know for a fact, as far as quick twitch, he's in the class with Gervonta Davis, Roy Jones, Floyd Mayweather wasn't necessarily super quick twitch. You know, he had some quick twitch, but Floyd was like the most fundamentally sound guy who had all the different tools and smart and all these things. But if we're just talking like Zab Judah, that's quick twitch. Yoriokas Gamboa, dude, after Roy Jones, I cannot think of a quicker twitch guy. Now, the, also the story with Yoriokas Gamboa is this was a, a kid who had a Ferrari at 16 years old. And when you give mm-hmm. a, a person the keys to a Ferrari and they don't know how to fucking drive and all your trainers, and so Yoriokas Gamboa was such an elite boxer. His hands, his whole life, from the time he put on gloves and people were just in awe of him. Look how quick, look how he could just bah, 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 give you them handling, he probably went through all kind of amateurs doing this to people. You can still see it in him today. His swag, even after all this been said and done to him, he's still mm-hmm. super swaggy because he, his whole entire life he's had super duper dumb hands. Um, but when you have all of that and everybody's in awe of it, nobody cultivates it. Okay, it never got cultivated. We just went off his talent until it finally caught up with him. Nobody made him learn how to use those fucking legs. He's the most clumsy leg dude. You, you think he's going to have great legs, but then he doesn't. I don't know what the hell's wrong with his legs. His legs are terrible. Um, but all that stuff said, man, we're talking about a guy 
who in three rounds and probably still to this day can give can look incredible, and then he crumbles. And that's a mental situation, and Willa touched on it and said, you know, Yorikis, like all them other fights. So the problem we have with this fight, and I'm jumping around here, um, is that people are kind of saying Gravante didn't look great because basically he took Gamboa 12 rounds. And my thing is this, Gamboa would have got out of there like in all them other fights where he just kind of quit. Also, when you're that type of fighter and you're amazing and you're kind of from the culture and you swaggy like that, we don't do knockouts, guys. I keep telling y'all about there's there's people just think, oh, you don't got it. You can get knocked out and come back and look at this fighter and they point at all that. And certain people where you come from, getting knocked out ain't what we do. You know, like the Mayweather cloth and people saying, oh, you Mayweather, the zero thing. Because certain places where you come from, it is, it's all about being undefeated. It's all about that. Now, everybody can have their different views on it, you know what I mean? But um, so for Gamboa, it's definitely all about not getting knocked out. You can see that in Adrian Broner. Hey, man, look here. I'm going to go on the shell point. up, and you can beat me up for 12 rounds. But we ain't going to sleep, Daddy. I'm going to quit before we go to sleep. You know, I, I, I'm going to find a way out before we go to sleep. Okay, Mike Tyson tried to bite a motherfucker ear off to avoid going to sleep. Get me out of here. You know what I mean? It's a lot of fighters. You see that with because from certain places we don't play the sweet shit. Okay, um, so Gamboa has always mm-hmm. been that guy, um, but his trainer wouldn't let him out. Now, when you got a fighter who is as skilled as this dude, this was extremely and this type of guy goes survivor mode. Oh, he's super hard to get out. This is Ali versus Larry Holmes. I mean, now, Larry Holmes could have hit Ali to the cows came home, but you still can't get a guy who was once that fucking good out when he decides to go survivor mode. You know, because he's going to be able to block your shots, especially if he's not being aggressive. Now, if we're talking about Gamble in the past, even versus Terrence Crawford, he mounted an attack. There was a part of him that felt like he could win that fight. So he had some aggression in that fight. And Terrence boxed him, broke him down, then got him. But even in that fight, first three rounds, you're probably giving Gamboa two out of three. This is the only fight, and this is why my critique on Davis in this fight is different than everyone else's. This is the first time i ever seen um, Gamboa look another dude in the eyes and say, this dude is faster than me, and I don't want no smoke with him. Gamboa usually come out like, man, man, I mean, you know, at least for a round somewhere. But this is the first fight where he looked across the ring and said, this dude, he looked at himself in the mirror. He looked at him younger, his younger self, but better, you know. And I think Gavante is kind of like the new Gamboa in a sense, but with more power, it's going to be more um, fundamentally sound. Um, but Gamboa, if you put him in a fight and you just ask him to be survivor, man, he could do this against a whole bunch of fighters. I'm telling you, dude. He, he could just be survivor guy, tap around, um, shell up, grab. He can do that. But I was impressed by um, Gravante just came out there and just said, you know, I'm, I'm going for the home run. I'm not systematic. I'm not going to the body. I'm not – well, he did go to the body. But I'm, I'm not going to try to break him down. I'm not setting up anything. 
I'm just coming here throwing bombs. So all that stuff said, man, um, I don't think it was a bad performance. I think everybody should still be worried about Devontae Davis, including Lomachenko, including Haney, any of them dudes. Um, I'm not saying he beats any of them. I'm just saying they ain't – look, this is a whole lot of explosiveness, and if you're trying to fight too, which Gamboa wasn't doing much of, he did fight some, um, this stuff hurts you. And if this guy ever clips you, you already know it's it's a, it's a wrap. And uh, he's not going to be an easy out for no one. Now, maybe Lomachenko can pull another Gary Russell somehow. But I don't see this fight being easy for anyone. Um, so I think the division should still be on notice. I don't take away as much from Gavante Davis as others seem to be doing. But all in all, I give him a, a, a solid B. Um, if, if you want to see more tactical, strategic approach, yeah. That's where the B comes from, and, and Gamboa win 12 rounds. But I think that 12 rounds is where a lot of the discredit comes from, but I, I'm, I'm willing to bet if, if we decide to see this Gamboa, if this Gamboa decides to show up and be um, survivor mode Gamboa, I bet you he could go 12 with a whole lot of these guys, and that's me. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and, and... – and I'm with you on that, man. Like I said, I got a soft spot for Gamboa. I always liked his style. Um, ever since I've seen Gamboa, he had one of the brightest careers that was on display. Um, nobody could forget, I mean, uh, 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 Darles Perez, the fight that he had had, which was on a Mayweather undercard, I believe, uh, when 50 Cent first signed on the SMS promotions. And, you know, that's when 50 came down a la Shawn Michaels from the ceiling when he was promoting Gamboa, that was a damn good fight against Darlis Perez. It went unanimously decision for, for Gamboa. But Gamboa had, he, he had all the tools. He had the quick twitch, yeah. as you mentioned. And uh, his downfall was his, he would just throw defense overconfident. and self-protection. Overconfident. Yes, overconfident. And overconfident. As you said, swaggy. <laughs> yes, yeah. as you would say, swaggy. There's points in time of Gamboa's career, multiple points in time in his career where he just has his hands straight down and he's bobbing and weaving, just doing that, that ultimate showmanship because he, it, it, he knew that he had something that his opposition did not have. Going to the point where yeah. you said um, about him looking at Javante saying, hey, this is a younger me, but probably better. And I think that's where the, the survivor tactic came in where he was just like, you know what? I, I, he had too much self-pride to let himself quit in that fight. And he wanted to prove to himself more than anybody that I could go with this young guy because when I was your age, in his mind, I was better than you. And I'm not going to let these young motherfuckers push me around. And that's the way he basically that fought, man. 38, dog. This nigga motherfucker, 38. And that's that crazy. also speaks to how good this man Imagine him at 20. I mean, and he was 20 at a time. And, dude, he... He, I bet he probably had the fastest hands in the world, and not, and I'm not stretching it out. You know, at 20 years old, Yorielkis Gamboa could probably throw a six-piece and hit a guy with it better than any guy in the fucking world. And, you know, that's where all this swag comes from, the overconfidence comes from. You've been juicy way too long. Man, you can't fuck with me. You know, but any from the hood, man, that comes with a lot of confidence. And that shit is um, it's hard to – 
curtail that shit. You need a good coach and people to be serious with you. But let me talk about that uh, Achilles real quick. Forget about it, dude. If he got, if he had that Kevin Durant or that Kobe, Man. He, there is no walking around. So I don't know what he had, a strain, a pool, but he didn't have that Kobe or that Durant, and that's for sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly how it was because I can't say – uh, I sent a screenshot of our group message in our group message right now because uh, people are saying the same thing as Dan Rayfield. The people on Twitter are saying, "Look, man, there's no way he ruptured his Achilles. There's no way you could believe that." And um, I just I just sent it to us right now, uh, and Dan Rayfield is basically saying the same thing to everybody else. Uh, at Dan Rayfield ESPN says, "Belief is not the issue. It's on record information presented by Gamboa's attorney, which I also got from Showtime. Take it however you like." So uh, I don't think that Showtime has a, a vested interest in protecting Gamboa's image for something like that. But, I mean, this is going off Van Rayfield. I don't know. I can't confirm or deny because um, we've seen how Kobe, when he, when he ruptured his Achilles, took them free throws, limped off pretty bad. We've seen DeMarcus Cousins when he was in Nala, when he ruptured his Achilles, he barely walked. We've seen these things happen. So, um, <clears throat> I don't know. We all know adrenaline's a motherfucker, and I'm sure adrenaline is a lot different in fighting compared to playing a childhood game. But, I mean, bro, if that is the case and he actually ruptured his Achilles in the second round and went 12, I mean, that might take my, my grade from Javante Davis down to a fucking B plus maybe. Uh, I don't know. I just I don't believe know. that is physically impossible, though, R.C., I mean, I have yeah. real-life friends that have ruptured their Achilles, and they say the floor falls out from under you. And that's why you see Kobe, Durant. Every time you see it happen, here's how you know. They look back because, like, I think Durant said yep. that he thought somebody tripped him. So if, if whenever you see a real Achilles shit, then motherfuckers look back because they think something didn't happen. Like you tripped them or the floor sank in. It's not necessarily pain. It's like your whole fucking leverage of your body just went down. So I don't even think it's physically possible. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I could think of is it wasn't a complete rupture. I think the only thing that could be logically possible, and I'm not a fucking doctor, guys, we know this, but I'm just saying the only thing that could logically be possible is that it, it, it ripped, but it didn't tear. Because there obviously had to be some sort of just a little bit left for his leg not to give. So or his his Achilles and not give. So I mean that's my take on it. I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll find out more, and I'm sure we'll get back to it um, uh, moving forward because we will get actual reports that come out for the public. And um, I, I mean I, I don't know. And and yesterday I was like I said I was uh, watching it with a group of people, so I couldn't hear exactly what the translators were saying as we spoke last weekend. Um, sometimes translations get mis uh, uh, they get miscued. They get put out the wrong way and not in the exact way of uh, interpretation. But we'll find out more. And like I said, all I'm going off of right now is what Dan Rayfield is reporting. And that's his, that's his, um, that's what he's going to get going on moving forward as far as credibility wise. So um, I don't know, man, I, I can't confirm or deny, but that's just what the reports are, man. So um, early reports from a guy like Dan Rayfield. So I don't know, but to touch on all in all, um, regardless if he didn't tear his Achilles or rupture his Achilles, um, a valiant effort 
by Gamboa, a guy who I thought probably should have been out the game at this point in time, but he's still getting his money. Um, we all know about the whole Balco situation that went on earlier in his day. He, he's had a, a storied past. And, um, hey, it, it, it's not going to go into the same effect of of uh, a wasted career. Like, you could put other fighters with uh, um, the ability and talent, like, uh, let's say, Adrian Bronner, for example. But Gamboa was definitely one of those guys that could have been transcendent in the talent that he had and the, the ability he had in the sport of boxing. And, you know, it's crazy to say that he went – 12 rounds at 38 years of age, allegedly. He could be older. We don't know. You know, there's always that stigma with Cuban fighters in age and things like that. Um, but all, all in all, hell of an effort by Gamboa. And I think that what he showed yesterday, I mean, the man's got, he's got heart. And, that, and that's more than I could say for a lot of guys who, who are, um, would cover up and not go for the, not go for getting knocked out, but Gamboa definitely let his hands go when he was in danger. It's always been his downfall, but yesterday that was the cause for the final decision being set up in that 12th round. Hell of an effort for Gamboa, man. Um, uh, uh, but great job by Javante Davis. We obviously seen he was throwing some bombs yesterday, and Javante Davis does have that special talent. He definitely does. I just hope he's not going down that path where, as Seattle Sign says, he thinks he made it already before he actually made it, and that would be his downfall. I don't know. That remains to be seen. But um, I'll start with Willa on this one real quick before we switch it up. Um, Willa, the, the moving forward aspect. <laughs> hey, man, we've seen Tiafimo Lopez fight Richard Comey early in his career, a guy that was allegedly better than him, going to school him. Um, we've seen him step up and take care of business. And now he's moving forward to looking for a, a unification bout with Vasil Lomachenko. Javante Davis should have been in the same direction, not today, not tomorrow, but a while ago. Do you think it's more of the promotional with, with Mayweather, maybe kind of just, you know, stack up wins and, you know, uh, uh, go about the business aspect of it all? Or do you think maybe – the promotion thinks that, and I don't know if he, I don't know if he's ready. Not going to say they're, they're scared, but would be cautious putting him in there with the top level of opposition. Well, you know, him coming up, he went for the belt. You know, for the uh, I think it was the the vacant WBA uh, lightweight title. Um, no, was it the WBA? Yeah, I believe it was the WBA. So he went for. He went for the uh, he went for the vacant vacant light title, so I'm not really mad at that. That's what you're supposed to do. You go up there, you you move up. You're not really you really don't want to fight one of the killers right off the top, especially if you can go and fight a, a gamble for a vacant title. Um, but yeah, man, there's a lot of you know there's Tiafimo, Lomachenko, and Haney are out here with the with the belt. Well, no. Haney doesn't have the belt anymore, right? He had to drop it, and Funfora is fighting somebody for that uh, for the interim belt because Haney's did Haney's, Haney drop um, it already? Yeah, he's injured, so Haney is injured, so they're doing the WBC. Oh. I think they're going to have an interim title 
for 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 uh, Fortuna. I mean, I keep on saying for 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 Fortuna. Yeah, and, and that'll be a that'll be a that'll be a vacant for a vacant because uh, Haney picked up the title that was vacated by uh, Lomachenko picking up the franchise title. So we're talking about an interim interim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. So you know, so we got those. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. Um, JP was saying that uh, Gamboa was in there fighting to hold on. He really wasn't because he has no defense. He was trying to hold on, but he couldn't because you know we say Javante Davis is is small, but and is a midget, but uh, Gamboa is is smaller than him. So Gamboa was yeah. trying to tie up, and he couldn't. Gamboa was just getting hit with shots all night and trying to fight back and he would come in close and try to sort of overpower Davis, but he really couldn't, man. Um, you know, I don't think, I think Tiafimo Lopez sleeps him, you know, Devin Haney, he might go 12 with De- Devin Haney. Maybe Comey sleeps him. Lomachenko probably makes him look bad and makes him quit. Luke Campbell probably sleeps him, you know, um, even Ryan Garcia probably sleeps Gamboa, man, easily. So, you know, I don't want to hear this, from JP that Gamboa would go 12 rounds with the top guys at 135. I don't think he does at all. I think that most of those guys sleep him, um, which Javante did end up sleeping him, man. But in the future, I want to see him fight the top guys. I want to see him fight Lomachenko, Lopez, Haney. I want to see what he got. Um, even Comey, you know, even though Comey got slept real early, you know, I want to see him fight him and that, you know, I, so we'll see how the matchmaking goes. I'm not – I can't say exactly what they're doing now or be critical of the path that they're taking because he fought for a belt. You know, you move up, you fight for a belt. That's, you know, that's all we can really ask for. I don't know how he got to fight Gamboa for a belt, even though I think Gamboa is coming off like four or five wins. But I don't know how he got to fight Gamboa for a belt. But I'm not mad at that at all. Fight Gamboa, get you a belt. Now it's time to make the big fight which he moved up to 135 for the big fights. We got, Loman, like I said, Lomachenko, Tiafimo, Haney, Ryan Garcia. We've got some big fights to be made. So let's see exactly what happens before we criticize the PBC. They have been moving slowly with them. Somehow they're saying this was his toughest fight. This was his highest, um, highest uh, level skilled opponent uh, looking at, looking at Javante Davis' box wreck. He really hasn't fought anybody. Um, and even looking at Gamboa's box rent, you know, Gamboa, he's only fought a couple of undefeated fighters himself. He ain't really been looking too good. In fact, when you look at it, you know, Gamboa and, you know, besides Crawford, if you take Crawford out, Gamboa and Javante Davis' resume uh, might be on about the same level. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. We'll see. Uh, Javante Davis, 25 years old. He got plenty of time. He ain't on that Tiafimo time, uh, but I don't know if he's as good or as big as Tiafimo. So we'll see. 135, we've got a lot of big fights that can be made and should be made in 2020. Uh, Javante Davis says he's going to be the next best superstar. I saw an interview on it where it said his next fight will be pay-per-view. We'll see how that goes after this fight. But if he's fighting pay-per-view, and 135, he's going to have to fight one of the big-name guys. And with uh, Tiafimo and, and uh, Lomachenko fighting next, I don't know exactly who it would be. Um, I don't 
I'm not sure if any of these guys are PBC at 135. But we'll see, man. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see what's next for him. Hopefully it's one of the top dogs. Um, Haney's out. So I don't know who he can fight. Like I said, Lomachenko's fighting Lopez. Uh, Haney's out with the shoulder injury. So who will he fight? Easter? No. Easter is uh, 140. Easter moved up to 140. So I don't know. Did he move up? Right. Did it Easter move up? Um, I'm not 100% sure if Easter moved up, but, you know, it wouldn't be an issue for Easter as big as he is. But, uh, but I, man, this is this is crazy, bro, because Javante Davis, superstar written. And like I said, I don't want to come off like I'm hating on Davis because I like Javante Davis. Um, <laughs> you know, before last night, I thought, get your ass in there with Lomachenko and, and do what you do. But, you know, after last night's performance, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment or nothing like that because – we still have to put a little bit of respect on Gamboa's name. If JP was was holding down the the buttons, I might have to give a bird call for for Gamboa, you know. But um, I'm not sure if Easter moved up 100%. But um, you know, these guys, like you're saying, there, there's opposition for him around Richard Coleman and, and guys like that. But uh, um, I, I didn't mean to cut you off or nothing like that, Willa. But I, I'm not 100% sure. I'll, you go ahead and continue. I'll look that up if Easter moved up, but. Um, I, I'm not 100% on that. Yeah, man, no, that's, I mean, that was pretty much all I had. Uh, you know, we'll see who, who he's, uh, who he's fighting, but I'm reading the article now and it looks like Fortuna may be facing Luke Campbell for the WBC light heavyweight title because, uh, Haney had to drop it. So I'm not sure who he can fight. We'll see. At 135, there are fights to make. But uh, none of these guys that I'm looking at are PVC fighters, so and we know, we all know how that goes. So we'll see. Uh, the top oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, you're right. He did zone. move up to 140 recently, so you are right on that. Yeah, all these guys are disowning PVC fighters. I don't know. Uh, you know, so Fortuna, if Fortuna wins, I'm not sure exactly if he's PVC or not. But you know, at 135. Ain't too much. Ain't too many PB. There's not too many PBC fighters, man. The top guys yeah. are, you know, yeah. So we'll see exactly how what he's got at 135. But I'm sure, I'm sure the fight could be a, a, a fight could be made. Ryan Garcia wants to fight uh, Lomachenko. They said he was ducking him for a while, but Lomachenko probably wants that fight after a while. Uh, Lom- if Lomachenko wants to unify, so. We'll see how it goes. Or not unified wants to be undisputed. Yeah. And and, and just a final wrap-up for all these guys before we move on to the next subject. Um, I've been looking at uh, Dan Rayfield's timeline, and he's still religiously claiming, like, to this morning, that reports have been out that it was a ruptured Achilles. I don't know. But he's still talking about it right now because, you know, like I said, I'm blocked on my Twitter handle at Showtime RC with a Y, not an I, that uh, I can't see anything that is reposted from our uh, um, Twitter handle, Outsiders Boxing Podcast, that shows anything from from Dan Rachel, but, um, you know, he's still coming out saying this shit this morning. So, I don't know. It seems it seems impossible, but we'll figure it out. Uh, Sign. We see you on Janelle. We'll see y'all. We'll get to sign first, and we'll go to Janelle. 
Um, all in all, man, this is this is a whole this is a crazy touchy subject when it comes to the the uh, the significance of the injury involved with the fight that should not have been twelve rounds. I capitalized twelve in the show description because such. I was shocked. I was shocked. It shouldn't have went that long, especially when you got Gamboa down in two. But I don't know, man. I don't know what to think about Jamonte Davis after this performance. He did get him out of there and all that good stuff. But, you know, not going to say misled information, but as Paul Pierce would always say, I hear the whispers, and the whispers are very loud about a ruptured Achilles with Yuriakis Gamboa. Time, Pacific Northwest. First of all, Good morning. How are you doing, my friend? And second, go ahead and t- give us your, your thoughts on what happened last night between your your Yorkis Gamboa and Javante Tang Davis. Good morning. Um, what's going on, everybody? Uh, you know, uh, well, you know, when it came to that fight, I mean, we'll see, you know, details will start leaking out eventually about the severity of the injury. Do you take um, uh, do you take Dan Redfield credible? Uh, he's credible at times, but he also has an agenda. He's also a fanboy. He's also a bitch. So like, whatever, we don't know. Um, um, <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, but you know, I mean, he he does report stuff. I mean, you know, it's like Stephen A. I've been very vocal for years of why I don't like Stephen A. But for the most part, he does have good sources, except when he's trying to say KD is going to L.A., but that's another story. Um, so <laughs> uh, when when it comes to that, you know, we'll, we'll find out. If that's if it is true that he had a ruptured Achilles, dude, Achille, besides, like, besides, like, uh, getting, I think it's called, what's it called, like, the patella tendon, you know? Those are like the two worst injuries you can get on your lower, like your lower body, like your legs. And the Achilles we've seen in multiple sports. We've seen, you know, we saw with David Hay against Bellew. It, it, it could be a career ender. You know what I'm saying? So if that's the case and he ruptured Good it point. that early in the fight and was dragging it around until the 12th, man, you know. Uh, to be honest, a hundred percent Gamboa shouldn't be going twelve rounds with Tank. So, with an Achilles, wow. But you know, this is the thing is uh, when you look at Tank and you look at the moves he's been making and stuff, he's been get, he's been getting moved the way Golden Boy was moving Canelo early on, you know, and nobody talks about it, but. You know, I've mentioned it before. He 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 been ducking Lomachenko for a while, um, and all that. Just think about this for a second. Tia Tia Fimo uh, was in the 2016 Olympics. He turned pro a little after that. Tank won the title in January of 2017 at 130 pounds against Pedraza. Lomachenko was at 130 at that time too. When he won that world title, everybody was talking about them potentially fighting in the future. They never fought. Lomachenko ended up moving up to 35. Now Tank's up at, I won't even say 35, what, 137 pounds, whatever he is, you know. He just makes up weight classes and whatever. What's going on with him, he can't make weight. But 
Tiafimo now in his 16th fight is in 2020 is fighting the guy that Loma, I mean, is fighting the guy that we all wanted Tank to fight two plus years ago. Think about that. That's how slowly he's being moved. You know? I mean, you have to really consider things right there, like, you know, what's going on behind the scenes? Do they know certain things about him? Do they not trust his ability to stay disciplined, stay focused on the sport, so they don't want him to go in there and lose the fight before, you know, losing the fight, like not properly training or not properly being focused. So, I, I um, say off the yeah. top of my head, I attribute that to their amateur career, right? You got Tiafimo and especially Lomachenko, a two-time goddamn gold Olympian. Um, what's Gervonta's amateur career? I I think amateur career. I mean, you know, we can get into that another time. But to me, if you're if you, you either got it or you don't. You know what I'm saying? I think guys are naturally talented. Look at, I mean, look at, uh, you know, look at a guy like Manny Pacquiao, for example, right? Look at his career. Like he didn't have much of an amateur career got stopped early in his career as a pro and then, you know, went on to do a lot of things. But we also, you know, I also have some suspicions on why he did a lot of those things, but that's another discussion. No, I, don't, but, I don't even know about none of that. But, you know, I've been well documented on past shows, you know. Never ducked the smoke, always felt the same. And if anybody has a problem with it, deal with it, homie. Here we, we go. Change it. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, but, yeah, you know, with Tank, you just got to – because – you just got to really wonder, and I'm not saying, okay, all right, if you want to give that a pass, saying, okay, maybe he's not ready for Lomachenko because of his amateur career. But who is he ready for then? I mean, like, when you look at his resume, like, who is he ready for then? I mean, if you want to talk about second-tier guys or this and that, like, he did fight with Pedraza, you know, got him out of there. I'm, but there's I'm no Lenardo, the there's, totally no, there's no Lou Campbell's, there's no – you know, any of those type of dudes on his resume. None of those dudes are on his resume. He just got Gamboa on his resume, a good name, but we know what time it is with Gamboa, and he might have a ruptured Achilles, and the fight went 12 rounds. I thought the fight would end in the first half of the fight, personally. So I was wrong on that. I mean, you know, I thought Tank would win, but I mean, yeah. it, it, it went way, yeah, yeah. way longer than like I was expected. saying, son. Like I was saying, Simon, we didn't do a preview show, but if I had to put a prediction out, I was calling for uh, Tank Davis in four rounds, six at the most. Yeah. And that was the type of fight it was supposed to be. You know, the first fight in Atlanta in a long time, you know, try to open up a new market. You know, that's actually a good business, you know, if you do it right. Uh Uh-oh. Put on a showcase and all this stuff. The problem was there was no show to case. There was nothing. It was a 12-round boring fight. Every once in a while, he landed big shots. But yep. we, now we also got to question another thing. Is his this, is this power the same at 135? Is it? Didn't look like it carried the same mm. way. Now you got to consider who he's going to be fighting at 135. Eventually, if they step up, if, if Gamboa was able to take his shots pretty well, are the Devin Haney's, are the Tiafimo's, are the Lomachenko's, are those guys? Just saying, but, I mean, first and foremost, Tank needs to – he believes he made it already. That's his problem. He thinks he's made it already without really doing anything. And he needs to get back to just 100% boxing, you know, and from there, then we can start talking about 
we should fight next and unifying titles or whatever, you know, fighting for the title, whatever. But uh, he's got a lot of stuff to work on before we start. Even think, I mean, a lot. Some people talk about him like he's pound for pound or something. Like what? Pound, pound for pound, and this and that. Me, so that's crazy. Look, you know. Let me jump in here, though. Why do we got this perception that Gamboa's a bum? Because I, I'm not on board with it like you guys are. So I'm like, let me check it out here. So I look at it. I'm with you on that, JP. I look at the guy's box wreck. He has three losses. One being to fucking Gervonta Davis. The other TKO he lost to is to Bud Crawford, of what we consider a generational fighter at this point. And it looked like he had a bad performance to, who was this, uh, Robinson Castiano. I was there for that one. That's what I was talking about earlier. And I don't know what the hell an RTD is. I don't, what, what's that considered? That's what retired on. It, it, it yeah. I don't know what yeah. that means. Retired, aside but, uh, from retired. that, guys, aside from that, the man has lost to Gervonta Davis and Bud Crawford. Why is he a bum? Why is this perception no, but, but, that see, no, he's but, a bum? Said, hey, no, let's, let's clarify. Who said he was a bum? <laughs> Well, the, well, none of well, us the perception is Gervonta Davis should way. dust them off. Exactly. I feel like that's the perception, and Gervonta should have dusted them in four. That's the sentiment. Well, and, and he got a gift to sit. Let's remember Gamboa, because I won money on that fight, actually. Uh, but uh, put some money on, you know, put put a little on odds on it. And the guy uh, and Gamboa got the fight, got the win, but he really didn't win. He He fought, I believe it was an Asian guy or something, like a year ago or maybe a year and a half ago. Might have been even two years ago. He fought on like an undercard, and he clearly lost the fight and got the decision. So it's like Gamboa hasn't been like he's been up and down. He's been he looked good that last fight, but we're talking about a a guy in Rocky Martinez that was just dead, done. He's done. So it's like, I mean, the point when you when you put in a how old is Tank now? Twenty four, twenty three. What what is he? Twenty five. Twenty five. You putting in a twenty five year old. With a questionable chin, thirty-eight-year-old. We know what's supposed to happen in that fight. We know what's supposed to happen. You That's what we're saying. What was supposed to happen? Yep. Sorry, be specific. What was supposed to happen? It was supposed to. It was supposed to be. I, I said it already. It was supposed to be a showcase. A showcase. So we should have got him a knockout in six. Yeah, it should have been. Yeah, yeah it should have been. Fair? Mid round, so. mid rounds at the mid rounds at mid rounds. Like, if you want to say okay, seven eight rounds, okay, that's the most. But it should have been like early. It should have been an early showcase, man. That's what it should have been. Should have been a you know? knockout early. And I just feel like we have nothing that determines that from Yuriokis Gamboa. Nothing, not a thing. Nothing. I mean, it's so, the report. Like and then the you add, but you the point. What, what if the what if it's true? Okay, so how about this? What if it's true that his Achilles is ruptured? Now you're saying that the fight should have went done early. Also, son, son, you know you a basketball uh, fan like me. If you got that Kobe or that Durant, there is no more. You go. You don't continue. It's over. Kaput. Well, you're not telling the, the truth now. Uh, go back and watch David oh Hay, Tony Dunn. He ruptured his Achilles. 
in that fight, he fought about now, three or ruptured, four more rounds now, I don't know before. If, I don't know if torn, ruptured, fractured, I don't know if there are differences in what these are. But so I clarify it is if you have the Kobe or the Durant, the, that level of it, I don't know if a rupture and a tear are different things. I, I don't know. I could. That's where I'm missing. A tear is just a little, like but basically it, a tear is like it's torn, but it's not completely ripped in, in two pieces. When it's ruptured, yeah, that, that means it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's split in two, like two pieces, like it's gone, basically. Like a tear, yeah, it's yeah. still so, there, but it's torn. So you go in there so and you just the pick Kobe that up. Durant one? No, no, the Durant's a complete rupture. The, the, the one Simon's talking about is the one I was alluding to earlier. I think it, it was torn, but there was, it was still connected to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Okay. I, I, I agree with you. And, and, and you know, the, it's a good point by Simon bringing up the David the Hay fight because David Hay, you could see his fucking – he was looking like, like goofy out there. They but showed it in slow it in, motion. That thing went. That yeah. thing went. Yeah. And you, David Hay put in fought consideration three, four though. rounds after Yes, he did. I don't know. You got to put it in consideration. All I know is if you have that Kobe Durant one, you cannot go. Yo, I'm with you, JP. I'm with you on that. But I'm just saying uh, that actually the Kobe Durant happened with David Hay, and he continued to fight for a few rounds. But you got to put it in consideration. That's a heavyweight. And Gamboa, you're not putting that much pressure on yourself being a light, uh, uh, a dude at 130-something. You know what I mean? So uh, uh, continue on, fellas. Fine. And in boxing, you're not – you're not jumping up and, and jumping up and down, trying to grab rebounds, trying to lay. You know what I mean? Like in boxing, you just you you essentially drag the leg. You drag it. You just drag it. You know. But that's what David Hay was doing. There was like no weight on that leg. He was dragging it and all that stuff. And then Bellu eventually got to him and stopped him. But but what I mean, I mean, hey, I don't know. I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's not. I don't know. But if that's the case, then you got to really say like, well, what, what what took so long? What took so long with uh with that? But, uh, yep. you know, so, you know, hey, I mean, we'll, I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, if you, look at the, if you look at the way he has been moving his career and you see other guys that started their careers after him, like the Devin Haney's and the TFEMOs and all that, they're, 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 like, moving a lot quicker than him. And I just wonder what's really going on, like Floyd and – and all them, like, what are, what are they doing with him? Like, you know, and uh, we'll see. I mean, hey, in the next year or so, hopefully we can see a fight with uh, – because Lomachenko, you know, he's confident. He believes he's going to beat Tiafimo. He's already mentioned, like, he, you know, he wants to get this fight over with, with Tiafimo, and then he wants to fight Tank, you know, next year. So, hey, maybe we can see that fight. That would be a good fight to have. But I want to just see somebody yeah. in the top five at 135 – uh, fight tank, and then we'll see how how he uh fares. Yep, we we will definitely see how it fares. Um, we got uh 55 minutes, or actually 53 minutes right now by our time restriction, guys. So I'll go to Janelle real quick and get his take on this one, and then we'll run down a, a few of the more topics that we got before we get cut off and things like that. So Janelle, you with us? Uh, first of all, good afternoon to you because I know it's about one o'clock out there. Uh, uh, what's going on, man? What do you think about this? Uh, uh, what do you think about the performance yesterday with Javante Davis and you know, the Simon, Um It's like I said last year. I mean, he's like, you know, he's being brought along like, like how Canelo was. He's being brought along real slow. I mean, he's just power, really. Yeah, I mean, of course, he had a lot he got to work on. Um, I agree with Terrence Crawford. He, he definitely say what 
But with Lomachenko, though, I think if he bulls Lomachenko and stays rough on him, being that he is an undersized guy himself, I think he, you know, but I don't think it's going to happen. I still pick Lomachenko to, uh, to humiliate him because I don't think uh, Davis has the mental capacity to uh, to be a bull for 12 rounds and just, like, try to overcome someone who's more skilled, which is raw brute. I don't think he can do that for 12 rounds. I just don't, I just don't see that Salido in him. I just don't see it. Yeah, um, but, uh, hey, Davis, man, he's being born along slow for a reason. And as far as JP was saying about how, okay, Gamboa's not a bum, nobody's saying he wasn't. Well, at this point in his career, people think that he doesn't have it anymore, as he wants it. I personally think 50 Cent actually ruined his career by putting him in a ring with an oversized Crawford at 135. Um, that was a downfall of his career, if you ask me. Uh, 50 Cent just, you know what I'm saying, of course, he wanted to make a big fight and get some money for his company that just started at the time or whatever. You know what I mean, but in my eyes, he ruined uh, Gamboa's career. That's just that's just my personal opinion. But at this point, Gamboa, I won't call him a bum bum, but like he's just not he's just not that guy he once was. So of course, this yeah, uh, I real quick, you know, uh, the guy, you, you said the guy who he once was. Who was the guy that he once was, in your opinion? He was one destined for greatness as far as the platform that he had coming out of the Olympics is all, you know what I'm saying? His amateur pedigree. I mean, people thought that he was the next, you know what I'm saying? He was a for sure pound for pound fighter in the future. You know what I mean? Uh, he was like the future mm-hmm. of boxing. He was like one of those guys that was supposed to be like, as we're talking about, either Lomachenko or Crawford right now, who's the pound for pound best. At one time, people were saying in the future that Gamble was going to be that guy that we're talking about with Lomachenko and Crawford right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, I mean, never had defensive skills, you know what I mean, as those two, but, you know what I'm saying? But he had, he had fundamentals. He was quick. He was quick on the trigger. But, like I said, man, 50 Cent ruined his career. It was a big mistake putting him in the ring with, uh, with Crawford. But, like I say, at this point, JP, I'm sorry, but uh, Gambo is not that guy that he once was. And nobody's calling him a bum or anything. It's like, you know, he's just, He's shot at this point. It's pretty shot. You know what I mean? Yep. It just, you know I mean, it, it just is what it is. He was putting uh, hey, uh, the Janelle, a great performance by Javante Davis. Uh, no. Not a great performance. Um, no, no, no. I'm, not, saying, I'm saying a great. Uh, a, oh, great. A, a, B. Yes, sir. I give him a C plus. I mean, I mean... <laughs> I mean, he did what he was supposed to do, but it was supposed to happen earlier. I picked a, a, a six-round stoppage, a knockout, but um, he's supposed to thoroughly dominate Gamboa. And, uh, and I mean, it was kind of like a homecoming. I mean, he did thoroughly dominate him. Huh? Hey, the, the next guy, the, the first guy that knocks Gamboa out will be the first. I don't know why Gravante was supposed to knock him out in six, but the man ain't never been knocked out in his life yet. I understand. We'll How long... How long ago was he relevant in boxing? Seriously, answer that question, JP. How long has it been since Gambo was fun? How many years ago? Five. Since he did what now? Exactly. In a while. Exactly, Willa. That was a long time, man. He hasn't had a significant win in how long? Oh yeah, how yeah. Long? I get it. I get it. But I mean, exactly. You gotta show me some other than what we think or some perception we have. There's nothing on paper. That is legitimate. That tells us Gamboa should get knocked out in six fight. Anyone? He ain't never been knocked out 
Terrence Crawford. I understand that, but he hasn't been relevant in how long, though? He hasn't been relevant so in how long. That, does so that like, validate him being a bum? That's for getting knocked out in six because bums get knocked out in six. I didn't say he was a bum. I said he was shot. I, I was careful with that. Hey, bum. JP. Like, you know what I mean? Hey JP, he's like a he's like a he's like a 2005 Versace shirt, you know. It's still Versace, <laughs> but you know it's 2019. Exactly. I'm just raising the I'm just raising the argument, man. Since lost the JP, if you use that better. if you use that logic, JP, if you use that logic in every fight or every matchup, that's just kind of flawed. Mm-hmm. That's like saying, oh, a fighter is undefeated and never been. Knocked out, right? But then he moves up two weight classes. You're like, well, there's no evidence that he's been knocked out, so I don't think he's going to get knocked out. It's like, dude, he's moving up two well, weight classes. It, it, well, that's so, not, that, that has right. nothing to do with your circumstance. That, no, you, what you're saying he, based all off you guys, past look, look, But what, if, for example, what did I say, could say a couple years tangible. ago, and you guys said I was crazy? I said three, four years ago, whatever it was, I was like, hey, you know, Lomachenko is talking about moving up one day, whatever, and this and that, and there's possible matchup between him and uh, Mikey. And, you know, this is Lomachenko doing his same thing he's been doing, which is winning and looking good. And I was saying at that time, I said he will get knocked the fuck out by Mikey. But the past performances and the past this and that doesn't say he would. I'm just telling you what I think would happen. So sometimes well, you just got to go I off can... what you think. You know? Okay, that's all. That's fine. Y'all can, we could go off what we think. And I'm, in for most part, agreeing. But I also remember a time where Manny Pacquiao was in a gunfight and lost to Jeff Horn. Fast forward 2019, Manny Pacquiao, 40-year-old beats Keith Thurman. Now, that trajectory was on none of our radar. None of us seen that. Not a one. He not was mine. shot. Not and me. nobody's seen him not take the rematch clause either. He's the king of rematches. He fought Bradley three times. He fought Morales three times. He fought Barrera two times. He fought Marquez four times. And then he had that rematch clause on the table and did not take the fight with Jeff Horn when he had the opportunity well, to. So the point you is, say that, you can make we, arguments either way. He was shot to us yes. at that time, and he should have retired in most people's understanding. Yeah, Fast general consensus. Two years later, he beats Keith Thurman. But the point is, man, we just have nothing that really tells us that Gamboa should get knocked out. So we'll see what he does going forward. My bet yep. is nobody's going to knock him out because I gave him a whole stance earlier why and all that. I don't have time. We don't have the time for all that. But I don't think this guy goes around getting knocked out. That's not what a fighter with this type mentality does. I think you use the That's technicality TKO versus KO, bro. Yeah. You're being too technical right now. You're using the whole KO no. versus TKO well, argument. We're talking about double. you okay. getting stopped under 12 rounds. That's what we're talking oh, okay. about. We're talking about you not making the distance. Okay. Yeah, we're just saying, okay. you're, you're being like, look, you're using the technicality a little. We're saying yeah, this man yeah. was not gonna was not supposed okay. to go a lot of rounds with uh, Tank, you know, and okay. he yeah. did. He he almost made the distance. That's, that's the thing about it. He almost made the distance, man. You know? Okay. So, like, that, <laughs> Fair enough. that is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, um, with the time restriction, guys, we got to get to the other subject. So, um, we'll leave it at that. We are all in an uh, agreement to a certain extent. And like I said, it's not any of us calling Gamboa a bum because I won't say that. 
Willa won't say that. JP won't say that. Janelle won't say that. Time won't say that. We're just in, in, in the general consensus perspective. I don't know the Vegas odds of what knockout was and what round, but we thought general consensus speaking, Gamboa should have got him out of there earlier than – or um, Davis should have got him out of there earlier than he did, and he didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that another day, but we'll, we'll touch on – we'll go to the next subject real quick because we got a lot to run down. So um, the Jan Pascal fight, that which was pretty much the, the fight of the night, and uh, I, I talked to Simon about it. That, that was the fight that was the one for the boxing fans that we, we thought would be – the fight against Badu Jack turned out to be a good one. Some people were calling robbery. Uh, Willa, you want to touch on it real quick, and we'll swing it around before we move to the next subject. What did you think about that decision? Because, honestly, when I was watching it, um, I was thinking a draw. That's just me. What was your thoughts on that fight that had transpired previously to the Gamboa uh, um, Davis fight? Well, Meg, a great fight. We all know that um... – Badu Jack is, is a guy that I like to fight. You know, he's got those Swedish ties. We all know that i got these Swedish ties. So, you know, I've been following him, and he's a guy that gets – he never wins a close fight, and this was a real close fight. You know, um, uh, Pascal came out heavy in the beginning of the fight. I think he won the first four rounds with the knockdown, but, and maybe even round five, sort of. But after that, he started losing. So I have him winning, you know, I have him winning the first five rounds with the knockdown. So that's six points. If we're just, you know, I'm not doing the math, but that's just, you know, that's six. And then I have Badu Jack winning the rest of the rounds, uh, which is um, six rounds, which is another, no, which is seven rounds. And then with the knockdown, that's eight points. So that's six to eight. Um, so, I, but it was close. There was a few close rounds in there that I could see going both ways. So when the when they went to the decision, I thought it was going to be a draw because uh, you know because I had Jack winning the fight, but they gave it to Pascal. So you know I wouldn't say it was a robbery, but it was some petty theft going on. You know it wasn't high dollar. It was it was a, a under a hundred and fifty dollar amount. So it was a misdemeanor. Um, misdemeanor um, charge but Badu Jack won that fight Pascal sort of faded away you know he tried he tried to do some stuff where he would get beat all the round and then try to do a little shoe shine in the last 10 seconds you know but it was an excellent fight both those guys showed heart you know Jack getting up from I think the fourth round when he got knocked down when he got you know knocked he got hit pretty hard start wobbling looking crazy out there but it was in the it was at the end of the round so he was able to recover you know uh, Pascal getting dropped in the 12th round still being able to recover and even fight him off at the end and throw some punches so yeah it was the fight of the night um if these guys were a little more I think these guys if these guys were a little younger it would have been the fight of the year candidate uh because they were going at it pretty much the whole round but it was sort of sloppy got a little you know both these guys are sort of a little older you know, even though uh, Gamboa was the oldest guy of the night, these guys were right under him, I think, at 37 and 36 years old. But uh, great fight. Wouldn't say a complete robbery. Uh, close, very close fight. Uh, but I had Jack winning that. But he, you know, for some reason, he's not winning any close fights. I thought they would have gave him the draw. 
but, you know, it is what it is, man. Um, Pascal still a WBA champion. I think he has, I think he has like six losses. He's doing his thing, man. But I don't think he's going to last. If y'all saw him walking off the ring, uh, he looked like he got fucked up. You know, well, I want to see exactly how he uh, he responds. I didn't see any interviews with him after that fight, um, you know, after the post-fight interview, um, after he got out the ring. But when he was walking back, he looked like Broner did that one time after he fought my, my organ. He couldn't, really, he couldn't really walk. He looked sort of crazy. He didn't want to talk to anybody. He was looked like he was he was struggling to keep straight. So hopefully he's all good because he started getting beat up at the end. But um, it was a good fight. Not I wouldn't say it was a complete robbery, but uh, Badu Jack should have won that one. That's the story of his career. Yeah, the old antidote of you got to take the title from the champion definitely came into play on that one. Um, like I said, I had a draw, but uh, you look at uh, Badu Jack's uh, 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 Instagram handle. He has a picture with Jan Pascal congratulating him and thanking him for giving the opportunity. And, you know, Jan Pascal's face looked like Martin was when he got beat up. So, um, yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the looks could tell you a different story at the end of it at all, but um, close fight and all in all. Uh, JP, uh, your thoughts on the undercard fight that had happened, and do you think it was a robbery or not? I don't think it was a robbery, man. It was the same old story with Badu Jack. He just never takes that that next step needed to to get it over the hump to make it in his favor, man. And every fight, um, I think it was the Gale and all these fights you go back like Willa talked about, but I just see it a little different where Jack just needs to take one more step in his aggression or you know, or throw a few more punches and he just never does to me. So but kudos to Pascal, man. Pascal is actually one of the greatest to me. He is one of the greatest football players to ever uh, have a career in boxing. Um, the only greater football player with a career in boxing than him to me is Sean Porter right now. But, um, you know, kudos to him, man. He's a, like he goes into that conversation we were just having of a guy whose trajectory wasn't who, who has Jean Pascal in the position he's in right now. Because I thought he was done after Bernard Hopkins at probably 40-something years old was doing push-ups on his ass. You know what I mean? I thought I, I had seen enough of him at that point. And here we go, fast forward, shit, five, six years later, and you got John Pascal having a title and uh, defending it. So who, who the fuck knew, man? So, yeah, I, I really, whoever, somebody's going to pick him off. Whoever's up next, he's not good. He goes. He has no stamina. You know, he's same old Pascal, and somebody will pick up an easy belt. Yep, yep. I hear you on that. Time. Your thoughts on the undercard that transpired yesterday? Uh, I'm with JP on this one, man. You know, you know, we need to start calling him, you know, uh, Badu Johnson, Glenn Jack. You know, because he's Glenn Johnson all over again, man. I'm telling <laughs> Here we y'all, go. man. You get these, you get these close fights, and then he claims he get robbed or this and that. But in reality, you gave up. You, you, you let it be close. You didn't have that extra gear, you know. And like, not saying if you go down his resume, every single fight he lost or every single fight should have been a draw or this and that. But the fights were close, you know. And 
that's just what it is. Like, I picked him against Adonis. I had no problem with the draw because even though late in that fight it looked like he was about to get Adonis out of there, you have to judge every round by itself, you know? And if you go by that, the fight could have been a draw, maybe one round of Badu, one round of Adonis. So, nah, man, you know, you got you to gotta call it for what it is. But as far as career resurgence, you know, I mean – yeah, whether it's Pacquiao or it's Pascal, I mean, <laughs> I think you know what I'm trying to get at. But, you know, at that age, those type of wars, all of a sudden Stop you're it. picking up these good Ws. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, because what's funny about Pascal is when he lost, he's only been stopped twice in his career by the same man, Kovalev. But he's fought basically everybody, you know? And when he lost to Kovalev the second time, it was like, wow, he's done. It's over, you know? And, yep. you know, then he lost another fight to, like, Elder Alvarez. He also lost a fight to B-Ball. But then he's on this two – and then he – I remember, I think after one of those fights, he, he said he was going to retire, and then he actually unretired and came back. And then he got these two solid Ws now over Badu and uh, Marcus Brown. And then you look at his resume, and you're like, it's funny – because, you know, Kovalev is going to be like the guy because of how dominant he was at one time and the fact that he stopped Pascal twice. You would assume just off name value like, oh, Kovalev has a way better resume than Pascal. But if you look at their resumes, they're actually pretty – You can, they're comparable. Kovalev's, you know, like best win is what, probably, what, Hopkins? A 40, 50-year-old Hopkins, something like that? And – and then you know you can argue the that war thing, but hey, but if we if we're on this respected decision part, you know, hey, we respect the decision. He yeah. lost the war twice, right? So if you look at his resume, and you compare it to the fact that Pascal has wins over Chad Dawson in his prime, Marcus Brown, who was an undefeated, you know, prospect coming up, and then Badu Jack, and then you compare it to like his best wins. It's like it's actually pretty comparable. It's crazy to think about that. But that's what happens when you've been around for so long and never duck no smoke and you're still an elite fighter because you're going to pick up mm-hmm. some of these Ws. And Pascal's been around for a while. I mean, if you look at – he's fought everybody, man. Like, it's crazy. Like, it, it's crazy. But, hey, shout out to him, you know. I'm, you know, there's definitely some platinum package questions I got. But, hey, Whoa. it is what it is until something comes out. <laughs> Uh, speaking of platinum packages, that uh, I'm gonna go to one man who was bringing that up, uh, Janelle. Your thoughts yesterday um, with the Pascal and Badu Jack fight that happened last night before Davidson Gamboa. Janelle's gone. Oh, he gone. All right, he probably getting figure yeah. fours, right? Will uh, <laughs> he getting tapped yeah. out? Somewhere. Somebody probably got All him right. in a sharpshooter right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finding some right, clickbait okay. around, you know. Finding some ah. clickbait somewhere. <laughs> oh, clickbait, Janelle. All right, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, moving on, guys, because uh, I want to I want to touch on this real quick, and then um, you know we got uh, thirty three minutes here to exact, so I don't want to get cut off or nothing like that. But um, we're gonna do this yearly awards thing real quick, fast and in a hurry. Um, that we all kind of just, I mean, when Willa brought it up, I believe last night. Before I was getting ready to go to bed, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot. Like, we're not going to have a show. I mean, uh, what what New Year's is on Wednesday or some shit like that. So I was like, well, that, we're not going to be able to do it 
the way we want to. Uh, uh, that'll be New Year's Day. So New Year's Eve would be the preview type shit. But um, we talk about fighter of the year, knockout of the year, prospect of the year, and I don't care what any of you guys say. Female fighter of the year is Michaela Mayer. That's just decided already for reasons we all know. But um, uh, promotion of the year and upset of the year, which is pretty much general consensus when we talk about that part again. But if we're talking about fighter of the year, we'll make a quick round. And if uh, – all right, fighter of the year, my personal opinion. Yeah, uh, all right, it's Canelo Alvarez, right? So go ahead, Willie, your turn. Yeah, I agree. We got Canelo Alvarez. Uh, he had uh, two fights this year, uh, both for belts. Um, and, yeah, did his thing. Only other guy I could say is maybe Manny Pacquiao. He did his thing. Um think he beat Broner. <laughs> I'm afraid, I'm and, afraid uh, he was that. <laughs> yeah, he beat yeah, Broner and Thurman. But, yeah, my I think my vote would be uh, Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, you know what? I'm changing my pick. My fighter of the year vote goes to Manny Pacquiao. Willa, you convinced me. Thank you. JP, <laughs> uh, your fighter of the year award will be given to who? JP, JP. All right. I don't know what's going on with JP right now. But uh, sign- no, I'm, I'm here. Okay. All right, JP, go ahead. Your fighter of the year award My goes bad. to who? <sighs> well, who do we have, man? I'm my bad. I was I was out of there, but um, don't even worry about it, bro. You good? You got a new I don't know. Pretty much Pacquiao or Canelo, man. I think those are the only ones you can really pick. I'm gonna take Manny Pacquiao. Easy. Um, well, you know, I already know. I think we talked about Canelo enough and his strategic maneuvering. So whatever yes. accolades he's added on to his resume don't really count for me. <laughs> um, Anui, again, I don't know enough about, man. Uh, all those dudes, they got to prove it to me. Anybody who comes out the blue kind of with the you – know, I, I don't like to have the Chocolatito argument. I don't like it, Okay. Um, and I remember Shameen, you know, so them, them dudes, they, they trajectories be too fast for me. And by the time they hit my radar, they get beat. So, um, Manny Pacquiao, easy. There it is. All right. Fine. I'm very interested to see who your fighter of the year would be. So, fine. If you could break it down for us and tell us who you got for your boxing fighter of the year hey man you know it's funny because you know i i was told i was told you know i realized in this boxing game man when you're called all different types of names hater racist you know all this stuff that means you're really doing your job and i've been called all those things so i've been called a hater of this guy and all this and i'm gonna shock everybody with who i got as my fighter of the year errol Spence Jr. That's my fighter of the year. And, Whoa! you know, I know people. That's my fighter of the year. Shout out to Errol Spence. You know, hey, I thought 
He was in a fight. He was in the fight of the year to me. A fight that I thought could have went either way, but it was it was dynamic fight. You know, it was it was a big time yeah. fight with Sean Porter, and then he, you know, he beat Mikey in a fight. We all you know kind of, we all knew he was going to win, but hey, we also all knew that he was gonna Manny Pacquiao was gonna beat Adrian Broner. But who also beat Adrian Broner before Manny Pacquiao did? Mikey Garcia. So not Paulie Malinaji. That gives me that that gives me that gives me you know the edge over there. And then Canelo, I'm just I'm sorry, man. I mean I'm I'm not giving you credit for six fights. It's not it's not happening. Anybody has a problem with it? That's Jacob fine. Jacob Ficoba. Yeah, but that was a, a Those fixed fight. A fixed fight. Look at Kovalev. You're disqualified if you have a fixed fight. I'm sorry. To me. So, my fighter of the year is Errol <laughs> Spence Jr. And, hey, all the people that said I'm hating on the man, how do you explain this one? Wow. That, that is the real shocker out of everything, son. Me and you, we conversate. Uh, a lot, and I'm really surprised that you put Errol Smith Jr. as your fighter of the year. But that just goes to show. That just goes to show. Yeah, I, I don't really have too many words for it, man. <laughs> Good shit, fine. Good shit. Janelle. Oh wait, no, Janelle's gone. I'm tripping. My bad. He getting he getting figure four locked right now. Knockout of the year, guys. Um. Uh. Da, 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 da. Knockout of the year. It probably won't be. Um. For me. It won't be something that is, um, you know, very, very publicized. But uh, Kiafima Lopez, when he was out here in Fresno, the, you guys remember the, the, the knockout he had um, with, uh, in, in the round seven against Magdaleno, where he, you know, when you're playing a video game in boxing and you use the same punches because you know that's how it works, two left hooks, Night night. That's when he did the, the the golf club swing, or what he called the the grave digger, where he dug it and put the dirt over him. Where his pops was tripping the the, the, the guy who got not, Magdaleno's pops who got he he tried to get in the ring and you know do some shit. But for me, that's my guy. So that's my knockout of the year. Kiafima Lopez with Magdaleno, two left hooks, no, I mean steak and potato, pretty much that's it. Willa. You're knocked out of the year. Hey, yeah, remember that that Magdaleno fight? I was there. That was in Frisco, Texas, not Fresno. That was in Frisco, oh, Texas. Was, I was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that you're was right. that Kovalev, Kovalev Alvarez uh, um, card um, that I was out there, press row, looking crazy. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I think we all got to go with, um, you know, the – it's wilder, you know, when it comes to knockouts, the king of knockouts is wilder. Um, he had two ferocious knockouts this year. He had the Brazil first round KO, which we all, you know, he just ran in there, gave him that two piece, slept him. But I'm going to give it to the, uh, for the Ortiz two knockout, you know, the way he knocked them out, the way they showed the slow motion where all the whole, you know, all the liquid from his toes, to his head came out, <laughs> came out his hair, and then they zoomed in. And he, you know, it looked like he saw a ghost. He didn't know what the hell was yeah. going on. So, so yeah, I'm, my vote would be the uh, Wilder Ortiz too for the uh, KO of the year. I think you know that was that put Wilder on a whole nother level. I think these last two knockouts. So yeah, that's my vote. Right on, right on. I feel that JP knockout of the year. Uh, I got Tiafima Lopez. And um, Willis got Deontay Wilder. Who you got? 
Man, as bad as I want to go Tiafimo, uh, strictly based on the fact that I predicted Tiafimo would get him out early in spectacular fashion, and it actually happened. But uh, I got to go with the Wild Ortiz, man. That image will be iconic. Um, shit, that's one of the greatest steel, um, you know, uh, seconds of a knockout you're ever going to see with that water, just a mist of water being left where a man once stood. You know, I mean, that shit was spectacular. To me, man. <laughs> and every time I see it, I mean, it's just, and far as, as far as goes, the image of it is just amazing. So I got the Wild Ortiz uh, 2 as my knockout of the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on that, man, to a certain extent, though. Because for me, Ortiz was still, he still had his wits about him. But if you put a glass, an empty glass behind him, behind his head, when that shit happened, you might have three quarters filled up. But neither here nor there. Sime, you shocked us already with your fighter of the year being Earl Spence. Your knockout of the year would be what? Um, I'm actually going to go with uh, Tiafimo over Magdaleno. You know, the thing with knockout of the year yeah. is... And that's the thing, you know, and he owes that. I owe him that, you know what I mean? I went against him. You know, I was I was high on PSMO coming out the Olympics. I got a little, you know, I got a little what you call like, I was over, I was worried that he was going to burn me the way Keith Thurman burned me against Pacquiao. You know, the whole woman thing and all the other stuff. And I was like, because I did not, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, people were telling me about the Keith Thurman thing. And I was like, dude, come on, man. He don't need to be. He don't need to be 100% to be fucking Pacquiao, old ass Pacquiao. And guess what? He fucking lost. So I was burned on that one. So when the shit with Tiafimo happened, I was like, man, all this other shit going on. I don't know. So went against him. But I'm the thing with knockout of the year to me is in the like the wilder ones, people forget they actually tried to get up, you know. And when a to me knockout is when like it's waved off. And because the, the guy just can't like get himself up yeah. and all that, and with the Magdaleno thing, Magdaleno couldn't get up. If you see Brazil, he tried to get up. If you see Ortiz, yep. he tried to get up. So that's why I, I put knockout of the year as a complete sleeper, or a guy is just just can't get himself up. So the Magdaleno one falls in that category. So I'm going with uh, Tiafimo with uh, against Magdaleno. Didn't Virgil Ortiz sleep somebody this year? Didn't Virgil Ortiz sleep somebody that never got stopped? Uh, man, who did he sleep? Man, he's always sleeping. Virgil I think he's like, I think he's like, I think he's like fifteen and zero with fifteen KOs. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Virgil Ortiz had well, a crazy knockout too. Oh yeah, it, it was well, somebody. Herrera, that, you're right. You're right. Virgil yeah, Ortiz, Herrera. Herrera. Mauricio Herrera. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, that was a nice one too. Yes, that was a nice yeah. You're right about that, man. No willow, no willow. Tag team partners, man. I got you. I got you. My vote's already casted for Tiafimo. You guys know how I feel about Fimo. And, um, hey, that is what that is. Now, we're going to promotional company of the year. We got PBC. We got Top Rank. And I feel sorry because, like, when we mention this one, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not want to – I felt like we probably shouldn't put this one in because I feel like Golden Boy is automatically, like, excluded, and that's just not fair. 
I guess you give a, a, a participant's trophy award for Golden Boy promotions. But, hey, it is what it is. But we already know it comes down to two. We have a few. Yeah, um, we seen one last night, Mayweather promotions, but it's still involved with Showtime and, and, and all that good stuff. But promotional company of the year, um, it, it, it comes down to two, basically. We got top ranking what Bob Arum's been doing, and if you think about it, Bob Arum has what when it comes to top five in the mythical pound-for-pound ranking. He has Bud Crawford, Rafael Lamachenko, and we're talking about top three right there, where he might have two of the three. Uh, Golden Boy, obviously, Canelo, even though with all the, the smoke that's been involved with Oscar De La Hoya and, you know, <laughs> putting foreign objects and women and all that good stuff. Who cares about that? And then PBC, who has been, I would say, getting better with the way they first started out showcasing and then having guys fight each other. So um, promotional company of the year. Um, for me, I'm going with top rank. I'm going with top rank because we have Bud Crawford still doing what he's doing. We got Jose Ramirez putting on showcases, which wouldn't be showcases, uh, in fights that he, I mean, against Maurice, uh, 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 Maurice Hooker, things of that nature. And then we'll probably have a unification bout, which I predict it will be Terrence Crawford's next fight, Jose Ramirez and Terrence Crawford in an in-house money fight. PBC has done well for themselves. Um, you could put PBC in the, and, uh, the Andy Ruiz and Joshua that had happened, especially a rematch, but that's really like a no-brainer that was going to happen no matter what. But for me, quick rundown, I'm going top rank. I'm going with the Bob Father and Willa. Your promotional company of the year is? Well, I mean, of last year, I think uh, top rank is probably out of it. I think it would have to be Matchroom, DAZN, or PBC. Uh, you know, the uh, DAZN, uh, Matchroom, they gave us uh, two Joshua Ruiz fights. They gave us the um, the uh, Ali Trophy, the World Super Series fight, and they're giving us boxing pretty much every weekend of the year. But the the promotion I think that put on the best fights is PBC. You know, we've got uh, you know, we got the Charlo, well, no, yeah, Charlo Harrison to end the year. We got the uh, the Gale versus Eubanks Jr. We got Pacquiao Broner, we got Porter Ugas, Spence Garcia, uh, Hurd versus Williams. We got the Wilder fights. We've got uh, Pacquiao Thurman. We got Spence Porter. We got uh, you know I think they gave us the best fights of the year, man. Uh, so uh, I, I would definitely give it to yeah, I would definitely give it to PBC. I think they put on the best fights. Of the year, yeah, hands down. Think think they had a pretty good year this year. All right, JP, go ahead and tell us what your promotional company of the year will be. Um, from a fan perspective, definitely PBC. 
I agree with Willa and I simply because the nature of the business. Um, but I want to approach this from a businessman's aspect. Let me do that for us. Let me just do that here. If I'm a businessman, uh-oh, uh-oh. This one is a landslide. <laughs> Top rank has just fucking turned over the nature of the game. So Top rank is signed with the biggest sports format in sports, ESPN, right? Um, So then you ask, the next question that we don't know is, these fighters are getting signed to ESPN, right? So where's Top Rank's affiliation with how Top Rank gets paid, right? So I would assume malassumptions come in unless you guys know the details. So my first assumption is that Top Rank has some kind of flat rate per fighter and per the amount of fights where they just get a cut, and ESPN provides format, marketing, advertisement, and they also get to coordinate how the fights get made. But if you're top-ranking Bob Arrow, you also have the subscription part of it, and then you get just to run your, your, um, your shit on regular premium cable. Dog, I mean, you got the zone on the other side. They're hemorrhaging money like PVC was doing at first, overpaying for everything and paying for every damn body they think has a name and they can't match them up with anyone. Then you got a few stars that you got to strategically maneuver around. You're hoping AJ don't have a panic attack and give everything up, give up the whole boat. So they got problems over there and they got to make some friends in the business. PVC is at a, over there at Showtime, which is a dying premium cable channel. Not regular cable, which is a dying premium cable channel. Now they got this affiliation with Fox, which is the fucking Clippers to L.A. to the Lakers to ESPN or the JV team, whatever. But it it seems to be working for sure because, you know, PBC is going to be able to give you competitive fights on a more regular basis. But from a businessman aspect, man, um, top rank killed the game because they sold up their money. Their money is like sewn in contracts. They no longer got to do a lot of the legwork as far as marketing, advertisement. They got a giant uh, co-affiliate to help with all that. So if we're talking business, top rank killed these motherfuckers. Wow. Another shocker. Another damn, man. Damn, Smokey and Craig. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Damn! Um, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Simon, your promotional company of the year would go to who? Well, I don't really like talking about stuff like this. Um, it's a very loaded question. <laughs> also, what do you mean yeah, by like? What do you mean by that? Like, you could that's such a loaded question. Who, who, what, what I'm saying, that's a very loaded question. That could mean so many different things. Are yeah, you saying the I, best I promoter as far as trying to make fights? Are you making the best promoter as far as writing checks? Are you saying the best promoter as far as protecting their fighters? Are you saying, like, what, well, you know what I mean? It's such a loaded question. The, the question, question is, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it is a very loaded question. And we already know the business aspects of things that, for reasoning, that don't happen. But I'm saying for this year, that did happen. The fights that did happen from whichever promotion, who do you think did the best job this year? 
Wow. I think it would be a tie. I would probably say it would be a tie between uh, the zone and top rank because, you know, even though this fight is actually happening in February, uh, you know, this of 2020, it was agreed upon and everything. They, they built uh, throughout the year they were building towards it, which was the Wilder Fury rematch. Hey, you know, Fury was up. Fury was doing college football yesterday, people, during the semifinals. Are people still don't believe the fight's happening? Seriously? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. But anyway, but, uh, you know, they're promoting it. They got, you know, ESPN behind it 100%, which is a good look for them. You know, you know, get these guys paid. You know, they deserve it. But uh, they made that. They also made two uh, unification fights this year or, or across from whatever you cross network things with the zone. You know, Luke Campbell and um, Luke Campbell and uh, Lomachenko, Jose Ramirez, Hooker, uh, and then vice versa with the zone. They they you know it takes two to tango. So they did that. Um, also, where does Progress um, is Progress uh, top rank? I believe Progress is. He's not with the network. Like Lou he's just, he has a manager basically. He kind of jumps around. Oh, okay. He does. He's not actually signed with anybody, but. Um, then, you know, they also was building towards this fight with, you know, Lomachenko and the winner of TFE Mokome, which is going to happen next year, too. So they've been, you know, they've been making moves and stuff. So top rank, you know, you'd have to say that. I uh, don't agree everything top rank does. But then, DAZN, but the zone, the way I give credit to the zone is the zone is putting their money where their mouth is. They say they want to make all the big fights and they're willing to write big checks. If you want to sign a long term deal, they'll do a long term deal like they did with Devin Haney. If you want to do one-off deals like they yep. just did with Mikey, they'll do that. They're just they they'll do they want to do whatever it takes to make the big fight. So I respect none. You know they they also have an offer on the table right now sitting there for a Simba to take. They I mean the offer to me I don't know how you don't turn how you do turn down that offer. They're willing to the, reportedly the offer is between five to seven million to come over to the zone and fight Andrade on a one fight deal. So he's not going to be tied down to the zone. After this fight, and it, but if they want, but if they uh, but if um, uh, Simba wants to fight Andrade on Showtime and Fox, they're willing to send Andrade to there as long as they match the deal. I'm like, that's the stuff I'm talking about because people always make it sure. Oh, they, this network wants them to sign a network deal, or this promoter wants to do. The zone don't want you. They're, they're willing to work with you as long as they can make the fight. So I'm good with that, man. You know. And then people always talk about business and money. Oh, I need a, you need to up the offer and all that stuff. The zone is writing crazy checks. Cra- I mean, like like JP alluded to it. They're overpaying dudes. Yeah, let's be real. They're overpaying dudes. But sometimes you got to pay a little overpay and then to reap the benefits on the back end, you know, get guys locked into deals, get big fights to get made, you know, the whole nine. So – I think it's a common. I think it's a tie between top rank and the zone. All right. Okay. And I'm pretty sure the upset of the year goes without saying. Um, you know, uh, a, a year ago we had Caleb Truax, who was the upset of the year against James McGill, which nobody gave a chance to for whoever put money on on Truax against that. You know, they probably swimming in gold coins like Scrooge McDuck. But upset of the year for me, without question, it's going Andy Ruiz against Anthony Joshua. Willis? 
I mean, yeah, that that goes without saying. Yep, JP, we all in agreement here? Accord, sir, in accord. Time. We've got nine minutes, so uh, any uh, thoughts on the upset of the year vote? Man, that, that thing was probably the upset of the decade, man. Move on. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Buster Douglas type shit. And uh, all right, so uh, the uh, final topic we got here, guys, before we get ready to close out, we'll put about seven minutes on this shit if we can. I put in the description, is JP secretly employed by Al Heyman? Because if so, I want some motherfucking credentials. <laughs> so JP and Simon, you guys have been going back and forth with this one right here. JP, I'll let you start off. Simon, you rebuttal. Uh, it seems you've been very pro PBC to this point in time, and um, with the Bud Crawford talk, Sean Porter possibly ducking. Uh, 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 oh, I'm sorry, uh, Bud Crawford ducking Sean Porter. So um, mm-hmm. any final touches you want to put on this one right here? Because we've been going back and forth on this one for a while. Uh, I don't think there's much I need to say other than what the facts are. I don't think you can really argue that. Um, am I working for PBC? No, I really don't think anyone can truly say why they. I would say that because all I've done is predicted what happened. Um, I said it's called business. Um, I mean, whatever business I work for, the question, should I be a business consultant for all these motherfuckers? Uh, that should be the question because all I've done was tell y'all, uh, hey, he's fighting for a subscription-based company, which has a fight deal contract with terms on it. Um, he's not coming over here to fight Ugas and possibly lose. There's too much online. So if I'm coming from a business step, it's very simple, man. If I'm out there, I'm not sending my, my top dog to fight a lower-tier-ass dog who could possibly beat him. And then, so if I'm even considering it, it's got to be Errol or because this is, I got to lose as much as they. It's simple business, dude. And I'm not calling nobody out for ducking this, but – in 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 these realms of boxing where we're super petty and it's childish, yeah, I'm gonna antagonize you with the truth. If you if you think it's simply, oh, they want to fight it to make it happen. Uh, it's not. It's not. And all of them say as much. And that's all I've been doing. So if you prove me wrong, you know, go for it. Fine, your rebuttal. Man, I've already said. I've already went over this over and over and over again. Uh, but now he's, I mean, you just started bringing up Ugas. I mean, I don't even know where that came from, but, um, but anyway, be a great this, is, this is where you, this is where you lose me. This is where you lose me. All right. You talk about guys Here don't want to sign long-term deals. Guys don't want to do this. <laughs> and then you say, well, guy, guy, he, he's not going to take this fight if he gets paid. So the deal I was just talking about with, with Simba it, it it checks all the boxes you were talking about, which is you don't have to sign a long-term deal. He's going to get a career-high oh, payday. Man. And you're on record saying you don't think he should take the deal. You lost me on that one. No. To me? Huh? Because you're emotional and you cannot understand business. The reason why Simba doesn't take it is because – and we're talking about Jamal Charlo when we're saying that for those listening. is because – People know who I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, uh, he has 
more cachet to lose than going to fight Andrade's desperate. They got nobody for him. They can't give him the Canelo because he fucking around and beat Canelo and it's not worth it. He don't have nobody, but he still, his name has more cachet than Andrade. So, they it's just it is, man. And that's what Jamal you is see, telling you, but we you, don't got you, the time You like these do. numbers and ratings and stuff, dude. Did you see those ratings he got when he when he fought his last fight on Showtime? Is, Did you see those ratings? Bud, how come every time we talk about Bud, you talk about Jamal? This is hilarious. Your arguing tactics are hilarious, man. <laughs> hilarious. I don't know. Oh, you just sound like you got emotional, homie. It's okay. Right, hey, I just look at the situation very similar. I really don't this care, is my thing. But I mean, no, this whole conversation started for me really telling want... y'all. You rather, dude, you rather come out looking like a business expert than actually seeing fights happen. Do you want to see Charlo versus Andrade or Charlo versus anybody elite at middleweight? Well, see, I'm answering from two different perspectives. Now, if you want me to answer from a fan perspective, yes. I want to. I want to see Bud versus Ugas. Hell yeah! I want to. I take Bud versus Inch to Congranados. I don't give a fuck. Same it's with me. Better than what they. I take it. But I understand that that's they're not going to give me that. So if you want me to be a fan and be mad at Bud for not coming to fight Porter, I'm not mad at Bud. But I can antagonize you because you're in it for on a fan perspective. But I understand the business, and I'm not even really truly holding it against Bud. But you want to live up to no, the no, standards no, 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 that no, no. I can first fuck off, you up with all day. First off, this is this is where the inconsistencies come. When a lot of fighters that we all know who they are, I'm not gonna name them all, made certain quotes, right? When those quotes were pulled up, y'all made excuses why they said those things, right? Crawford said some things or whatever. Everybody jumped on it because it's Crawford, right? But in reality, Sean and Terrence. I'm talking about Sean and Terrence here have said very similar things. And the most, the thing that they've always consistently said, which was, if we fight, we will decide to fight and we'll speak about it first. That's what they both said. But now, the th- but this is the, this, that fight is on the, grow- the, the, the beginning stages of if it's going to happen, if it's not going to happen. This, there's no offers. There's no this and that. Charlo has an actual legitimate offer, Lord. which is very, very <laughs> beneficial to him in a lot of ways to fight Andrade. You're getting paid. You, you don't have a long, you know, you don't have the long-term commitment, and you could potentially have it on the network you fight for regularly. There, to oh, me, yeah. it's a win-win. To me, I'm with that. I'm with you, too. I'm with you. Simon, JP, we're going to have to save this battle for another day, because we got seconds counting off before we get cut off and I don't want to get cut off. So guys we'll leave it at that and we'll leave we'll we'll get back to this one. Maybe oh, Tuesday. No, we'll, do, we'll do we'll do a preview show or something like that before New Year's. So we'll do that and we'll figure something out. But as of right now, it's New Year. It's coming up. We might speak to you before or after. But I just leave it at this. It's a battle decided for another day. And for right now, we are the Outsiders Boxing Podcast and I'm gonna leave you with this. Look. All I gotta say is, what a year, what a year. I decided now that every year's our year, oh yeah, man, until we disappear. I focused on the near, never what's in the rear. Recently, I swear, man, we have so many accolades. I realize I ain't sat down, not even on a Saturday. Yeah, I'm going overtime, OT, 
you like a TNT in South America, Rocky Rio or Riri and all that. Stadium status. When you started underground, you gotta make it to the attic. So I'm up in attic focus. Money is the only time I ADD. Going off more than ABC. Making power moves like back four punch kick ABG. Boy, this shit ABC. Shout out detail. 7-Eleven, we on the roll. I'm on a six record off the album going gold. Last one, broke the ass up like the morning show. I'm trying to make next year the greatest story ever told. Like, shit. Like I took my family into a new 